Welcome to the Best Self Podcast. This is the show for women who are tired of feeling tired. They're sick of the to-do lists and the constant juggling of balls and spinning of plates, and they are ready to start putting themselves first again. Welcome back to the Best Self Podcast. We are on episode 16 and today I am going to give you my top 10 tips to grow your small business. That's right. I'm branching out a little bit today because I've been working a lot recently with many female entrepreneurs, um, career women, and people who were really wanting to increase the results in their small businesses. And a lot of people have been asking me, what are your top tips? So today I thought I would share them with you. It's a very no frills episode today because I really believe that in order to do your best business, you have to be operating and working on your best self. That is how the Best Self Project came about. At the end of the day, as a small business owner, how you operate as a person will absolutely have a fundamental effect on the results you're getting in your business. The work I do with female entrepreneurs is all about holistically looking at their life and business as a whole in order to support them to feel more fulfilled in the work that they do and also to achieve that balance with their home life so that all in all, they're just getting better results in their life and being more productive to ensure that the action that they're taking is meaningful. That is what I'm about. So we know a little bit about business. I wouldn't call myself a business expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I do know a little bit. Um, I've spent the last five years working alongside my husband who started his luxury home technology business about 10 years ago and asked me to come on board to help him to generate better results, help him to market the company, increase sales, and overall just grow the business and make his cash flow more consistent and just help him feel more fulfilled in the work that he was doing. So I originally had just got involved in the bookkeeping just to help him out as a wife, really. And then quite quickly, me not being able to keep my nose out of anything (laughs) for too long, stuck my nose into the brand and the marketing side of things. And he asked me to come on board full time. So I spent five years working within Sona, S-O-N-A, which is our luxury home technology brand. You can find us on social media at ThinkSona. Um, And I spent the last five years running that company alongside with my husband. And it's been an absolute joy and has really helped to build my confidence as a businesswoman because we've experienced many challenges and it was an industry that I knew nothing about. I've completely learned from the bottom and I still don't know really anything about technology. I'm not techie in any way, shape or form. Um, But still the results that we've achieved with that business within the first 12 months of me taking over as MD, we doubled our turnover. And in under three years, we were hitting seven figures with our turnover. We recruited an amazing team. We've got incredible systems and processes that make us really efficient. We have the most amazing client retention. Um, I think in 10 years, we've lost one client. I think that's it. We, we have a really great ongoing relationship with all our clients. We provide service and support. And Sona is known as one of the, I think at the time of, of recording this podcast, I think we are known as one of the top 15 
home technology companies in the world, which is an amazing accomplishment. So I'm super proud of what we've achieved there. Um, and even before that, I was always quite entrepreneurial. I always liked business and had my own personal shopping and styling business, which actually had a training division as well. I used to train other people to become stylists. And I built that business from scratch. It was just me. I came up with my own way and methods and systems of doing things and built my reputation from nothing. Um, I literally started out, had no contacts, no reputation, no money, (laughs) and built that business from nothing and then sold it in 2014 when we had our first child. Didn't sell it for a huge amount of money, but certainly it was you know, it had a lot of, had a great reputation in the local area and someone saw the value in that and was in the right place in their life to buy the business off me. And I was really happy with that at the time. So, you know, I know what it's like to be a sole trader and have to do everything within the business yourself. And I also know what it's like to own a business and the stresses of having staff and also the pleasure of being part of a team and the accountability you have to have to that team and that business once it gets a bit bigger and scales. I've also got 20 years, and that's showing my age now, but I've got over 20 years of marketing, PR, communications, and branding experience. It was the first job I ever had after coming out of uni. Um, and I've worked in all kinds of industries. I've worked both in jobs as a marketing exec, marketing manager, brand manager. And I've also worked freelance doing PR and marketing support, strategic plans, and working with businesses all over the place as a, as a freelancer as well. Um, during the days when I was also doing some styling because a lot of my clients had their own businesses. We'd inevitably talk about their business and then I might be offering like marketing and PR, you know, sort of ideas and they ended up hiring me and it was just a natural progression because it was my background. So that is me in a nutshell. And the work I do today is very much utilizing those 20 years of marketing and business experience, but also my experience and qualifications as a life coach um, to help women get the most out of their life and business. So today I want to give you my top 10 tips for growing your business. And when I say growing your business, I'm not talking about hiring hundreds of employees and having an enormous office. And that's not what I'm talking about. I believe you need three pillars to thrive in any business. I believe that you need a product or service that sells. That's for sure. We we don't want any chocolate teapots, like that's just going nowhere. (laughs) You need to have absolute and unwavering belief and faith in yourself and your ability to perform in that business. And for the purposes of today's podcast, I'm just going to assume you've got those first two. And the third, which is what I'm focusing on today, is that you have to have a strategy for growth. If you are not growing, you're standing still. And in business, if you are standing still, you're exceptionally vulnerable because nothing stands still in business. Your clients change and evolve, the markets change and evolve, so does the economy, the law does the weather does, things are cyclical, things are seasonal, and all sorts of things can have an impact on your customers and on your business that will effectively have an impact on your ability to earn and perform in that. 
And the only way that you can navigate that storm of uncertainty is to work on a strategy for growth all the time, to constantly be in the state of expansion where what is important to you is doing your best work. Because change is the only certainty, really. And if you don't have a strategy for growth and expansion, how on earth are you going to know where to direct your time, energy, and focus? You have to know what you're doing, where you're going, in order to be greater than you were yesterday, to be able to know what to actually do with your time. When I talk about growth, I'm not talking about scaling your business or having hundreds of employees and this massive brand. I'm not talking about that at all. Growth is so much more than size, quantity. That really is irrelevant. That's just a result. It's not about how many followers you have on Instagram or TikTok. It's about the quality of followers. It's not about how many figures you make in your turnover. It's about how your income enables you to live your best life possible. And everybody has different needs, wants, desires, and your business needs to match yours. And your growth will be in relation to that. So I say that you need these three pillars. For example, if you have the most amazing product and service, you have an excellent strategy for growth, but you've got no belief in yourself, you're not going to show up every day to sell that product in the way it needs to be sold. Similarly, if you have unwavering belief in yourself to the point of arrogance, if you have a strategy for growth, but you've got a chocolate teapot to sell, then again, you're not going to do so well. But where I'm at today is if you've got the product, you've got belief in yourself, but you've not got a strategy for growth, then you're going to be going in circles. You're going to be procrastinating. You're going to be feeling lack of focus. You're not going to be productive. So my aim and intention with this podcast today is that by the end, you will have a little bit of an outline of where you should be putting your focus and energy. So things to do in order to grow your business today. First things first, if you're anything like me, you probably have a lot of things that you need to get done in a week. And they can range from things that you need to do for your children, things that you need to do for your business, things that you want to work on for yourself and your own personal health, all kinds of stuff, you know, chores, you name it. And the one thing when you're trying to make progress in a business that you need to have is focus on where your time goes. You can't really afford to be wasting time, especially when you're a sole trader and you're the person doing most of the jobs, if not all of them, from bookkeeping to doing the marketing, to generating sales, to putting a quote together and actually delivering the work. It's so much to fit in that you have to be in control of your time. I highly recommend all my clients doing a time audit. And a time audit is a way of looking at the previous week and being really super hyper conscious about where you're spending your time. So to do a time audit, you look at the previous week that's gone by and you need to look at four categories of activity. 
And what you're going to do in each of these four categories that I'm going to let you know in a minute, you're going to write down the things that you did that fall under those categories and estimate the amount of time that you spent doing them. And when you do that, you will have an accurate representation of where you're spending your time. Because often people feel busy. They feel stressed. They're like, oh my, I've not got a minute in the day. You've got no time. And I don't know whether you've listened to my episode. I think it was one of the, mo- the earlier episodes and it's called No Time. I help. I have no time. And it's all about this idea that we just feel like we're just running from here to there all day long. But then actually are we achieving anything that's really meaningful and important and productive? So have a listen to that episode. It's really, really helpful when it comes to structuring your time. But have a look over the last week over your time and where it's spent. And here are the four categories that you're going to focus on. Firstly, you're going to look at how much time did you spend working on the things that are super important to you, important to your goals, important to your dreams and desires, but that aren't urgent. They don't feel urgent. For example, this might be going to the gym, spending time with your partner or family, um, maybe, um, you know, maybe you're starting your own podcast and you've been wanting to start it for ages, but you just don't have time. Yeah. How long in your week are you spending on those things? What did you do that fits into that category and write them down? If you've got nothing to write in this category, probably right now you're feeling pretty unfulfilled in your life and maybe a bit like, what's the point in anything? Because everybody needs these things that make them feel like they're getting closer and closer to their dreams and desires, whatever they may be at the time. The second category are things that are probably more in line with your work and are important that you get them done and feel quite urgent, like they need a response. So it might be getting back to a client or doing a quote or delivering the actual work that you've promised and been paid for. And how long did you spend doing that? Is that the majority of your week? Is it a little bit of your week? If you find that you're not spending much time here either, you're probably going to find that you feel quite stressed. You're probably going to feel that your days aren't productive, but your deadlines keep creeping up on you. And you're just always in a bit of a tizzy. The third category are things that feel like they're urgent, that they're demanding your attention. So the best example for this is messages on your phone. You know, the the school mum's WhatsApp group, you know, that where it's like ding, 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 ding on your phone. And you feel like, oh, what's going on here? I need to have a look at that. Or a message from school or someone interrupts you from work to ask you something that is, you know, they want the answer to right now, but is just not at all urgent. But it feels urgent because they're stood at the side of your desk asking you for your attention. How much of your time is eaten up by things like that? Write that down. You'd be surprised. A lot of the people I work with, they can't believe how much time is spent in this category and how much they feel in demand, in not in a good way, but under pressure by things in this category. And the last category is how much time do you spend on things that aren't urgent, aren't important, aren't adding anything to your life, a filler, filler activities. 
like watching TV, scrolling through Instagram, mindless stuff that isn't really contributing anything to your life. If you love nothing more than to sit down and watch a movie on a Saturday night with your family, that is not a filler activity. That is an important, fulfilling, meaningful action that should be in section one. Yeah, that is not a filler activity. That's meaningful to you. That has a purpose in your life. But if you are just literally plonking yourself down in front of the telly with a glass of wine and a big bowl of crisps because you've had a rough day, then that's not probably taking you closer towards what you really want. So get aware, be aware, face exactly where you're up to with your time. Are you procrastinating? Are you being productive? Are you wasting time? Get real with yourself. The second thing you can do to really work on growing your business is build your network, both online and in person. Networking is so important and networking is not going around telling everybody about yourself and your business, quite the opposite. Networking is about building rapport, about building relationships, about helping others, about contributing and being a productive member of a community. That is how you build a network and you can do that online as well. I often meet people who are stressed out with social media because they're saying, oh, I'm posting every day. I watched this video and it said to post every day and be consistent and I'm doing all this and I've posted this and I've posted that and I'm just not getting anyone liking my posts and they're really mad about it. And when I say to them, and what posts are you liking? What support are you giving to fellow business owners in your community, in your industry, to people who could be potential partners to you, who have the same clients as you? What support are you giving to their posts? And the answer usually comes back, well, I'm not. I'm just, it takes me so long to put a post together (laughs) that, you know, it took me four hours to put that post together. I haven't got time to do the rest. You are far better investing way more time into engaging, reaching out with, asking questions to others rather than focusing on yourself and what you want to say. If you can do both, then that's better because if you can obviously be talking about the stuff you want to talk about and you know letting people know what you're about at the same time as engaging with everybody, then that's brilliant. But if you're unable to do both and it takes you absolutely ages to put a post together, you'd be better just getting in your car and going networking or spending an hour online looking for businesses, companies, possible partners who probably are aiming at a similar demographic to you and just reaching out and supporting them, not asking them for anything, not asking to be the partner, not asking for them to throw your business, but just supporting them showing up for them, advocating for them. Because that's how relationships are built. They're built on trust. And it has to come from an authentic place. Don't do it from a place where you think, I don't really like the look of this company, but I bet you they've got clients that I want. It has to be authentic. You have to be in this to really genuinely want to connect with people. But get out there and begin to network. The third tip I have is to have a really good detox. 
If you've got things on your mind or in your space or in your life that are draining you of all energy, then you need to have a clear out. It is as simple as that, whether it's the clutter on your desk, whether it's, you know, I don't know, your fridge, or maybe it's a person in your life who's just so toxic and they drain your energy every time you see them. Maybe you just need to have a bit of a sweep out, a bit of a spring clean because you need brain space. So write down all the things that are draining you right now and figure out a way to organize your life in a way where they drain you less. It could be that, you know, you delegate some things or just something needs a bit of attention and then it's sorted, or maybe you need to cut someone out from your life. (gasps) But either way, detox your life and environment. The fourth is get organized. Work out where you're wasting time. So I'm going to give you just like a really basic example. Years and years ago, I used to spend ages looking for my keys. Yeah. Every morning I'd be looking for my car keys because I used to come in and put them in a different place every time. So I was always looking for them the next morning. That was stressful. So instead I got organized and started to create habits. So I just put my keys on the same table in the same place every single time I walk through the door. Now, I'm not saying that sometimes I'm not distracted by a child asking me questions or carrying a thousand bags, but in the main, I put my keys in the same place every time. So I'm never really stressed looking for them the next morning. Get organized with the little things like that, that waste your time. If you get changed every single morning before work about four times, Get organized, pick your outfit the night before and save the mental space and stress in the morning. It's all about organization. If you spend ages writing new emails to a client every single time you get a client, but you pretty much say the same thing, create a template, you know, create systems, processes, routines, rituals, and habits for yourself to make things easy. Number five, evaluate and measure everything constantly. What you notice, what you measure, what you analyze and evaluate will grow because you're being intentional about things, because you're looking at what works and what doesn't. And very quickly, if you do this with everything in your business and life, to be fair, you will notice how you quickly stop wasting time doing things that aren't working. I had a client not long ago and again, another client frustrated with social media, just not getting any traction, never getting any clients through it. And when we took a look at her followers, they were all, it's actually an image consultant. Um, So I know that industry, you know, obviously I've built a business in it myself. I really know how this works and she wasn't getting any traction or clients or business through her social media. So when I took a look through her followers, I was like, well, all your followers, or certainly the bulk of them, are fellow image consultants. So you are pitching your business to people who do your business. And I see this all the time. And it happens because people aren't really evaluating or analyzing what it is they're doing. They're just doing what everyone else is doing or what they think they should do. It's the same with your posts. If you are putting, for example, social media posts out, evaluate them. Look at, did they do, did they do well? Did they bomb? 
Were they good? Did they get lots of engagement? Were they terrible? And figure out how to do more of what works and do less of what doesn't. If all your sales are coming, for example, from, I don't know, say you're, I don't know, a personal trainer and 90% of your sales and clients come through a nutritionist down the road, then you will be so much better starting to network more and engaging with more and making time for more nutritionists rather than spending a day a week posting on social media when you're not getting any traction. So evaluate, analyze everything that you're doing and measure it all the time. We have found so many interesting things by doing this. You know, you can find certain times a year where sales just go through the roof, other times a year where it's quiet. But when you're analyzing everything like this, you can prepare them. You can prepare for when things are busy. You can prepare for when, you know, your cash flow might be limited. So evaluate constantly. Number six, this is something that so many people, women in particular, don't do. Decide your standards upfront. How will you know when you've done a good job? When it comes to the service or product you provide, how do you know when you've done a good job? The answer to this question, if you can describe that in vivid detail, will describe back to you your standards, how you want to do things, why you do things, the way in which you do things, where you do them, the result that is given to your clients. And if you can describe that in vivid detail, then you've basically summarized what your standards are and where you are not willing to settle. Because there is no point being in business if you're delivering something and at the end of it feel like, oh, I could have done better than that. I should have done better than that. That didn't feel good. You're in this for greatness. So decide your standards up front. Similarly, number seven is also decide your boundaries. Just like with any relationship, you need to know what your boundaries are. What's okay? What's not? Is, are you fine with your clients texting you at midnight? Or is that not okay? Are you happy for clients to get frustrated and angry with you? Or are you not? If someone doesn't pay on time or at all, are you willing to go back and work for them again? Know your boundaries. And this is something that took me a long, long time to learn, um, especially as a sole trader and a young woman. I was in my late 20s. And I was 27 when I started my previous business as a stylist. And I didn't know my standards and I didn't know my boundaries. And I learned the hard way. And if you don't learn at all, you just become exhausted and burnt out in your business. You just become resentful of it because essentially you're just running around doing anything for anyone in the hope that someone will pay you. That is not why you are here. You are better than that. So decide your boundaries up front. What's okay and what is not. Number eight, refine and amplify your personal brand. Having worked as an image consultant and personal stylist for a number of years and still do it today for many clients because the people who work with me often tend to want to present themselves, you know, to the best of their ability. So we often end up looking at the wardrobe. But personal brand is vital because 
aside from your business, when you're building your personal brand, you will just attract other opportunities. You will attract your tribe. People will remember you over the competition because of personal brand. And that doesn't just mean what you look like. It's also what your message is, what people know you for. When people talk about you, what are they saying? When it comes to your personal brand as well, please never feel like you have to be everybody's cup of tea. Sometimes it's really powerful to be Marmite when people love or hate you. Or just simply accept you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Everyone isn't going to love you, just like you don't love everybody else, just like people get on your nerves. I accept that I am not everyone's cup of tea. Some people love me, some people can tolerate me, and other people can't stand me. And that's absolutely fine because you will attract your tribe. But whatever you do, don't compromise on who you are and your authentic self in the hope that you might fit in and in the hope that everyone will like you. If you try to please everyone all the time, you just end up pleasing no one and exhausting yourself. So do you, do it loud, do it proud. Number nine, stop focusing on your competition. Yes, it's good to be aware of your competition. Yes, it's good to be aware of what's happening in your industry and what is everyone doing. But please don't focus on them. It's like if you are running a race. If you spend the majority of your race constantly turning around and looking to see what everybody is doing in their race, you're going to trip over. You're not going to be able to go as fast as you could if you were simply focused on the finish line. So stop watching what everybody else is doing. Not only that, but I think that focusing on the competition often means you burn time, energy, and headspace thinking that you should be doing something that they are doing. Maybe you're missing a trick by not doing what they're doing. It also causes you to question yourself, to doubt yourself. Forget that. Focus on you. Trust yourself and just move forward with confidence. And lastly, number 10, get to know yourself above all else and be your best self in business. Become so skilled, so amazing, so experienced that you cannot be dismissed. You cannot be ignored. You cannot be forgotten. You cannot be denied. And you cannot be compared. Stand up, show up and be the star of your industry. Be seen as an expert. Be a thought leader. And know why you shine. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Self Podcast today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If so, be sure to subscribe and you would also massively be helping a girl out if you would rate and review the podcast today. I would love to know what you thought. Be sure to follow us on social media at The Best Self Project and I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.